What does it mean to disturb? To not believe in a status quo. To not believe that everything is as is. Having the inherent feeling inside of you that there is more to uncover. That greatness is waiting to be discovered. To disturb, to disturb is to become. It is the understanding that every single day is a chance to exceed the barriers of excellence. Knowing that if you are called to do anything, it is to be iconoclast. To look impossible in the eye and move towards it. No, to run towards it. You are more. You are a disturbance to conventionality, the epitome of greatness, an ambassador of iconoclast. This, this is iconoclast. And I am Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, the head of the Amadi Ahaneku family. Don't just live. Disturb. Sending shoutouts or shoutouts at you. My name is Chidi Amadi Ahaneku, the head of the Amadi Ahaneku clan. And this, this is Iconoclast, the podcast that is tailored for icons. Today I come to you with... A guest. This is the first guest that we have on the show, and I appreciate her so much for being here. But today I am here with Umbadi Ngobo. Hello. Hi, man. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. It's nice to have you here. Ah. <sighs> It's been long overdue though. Right? It's really been long overdue. Can I just say also, it's such an honor to be on this platform in the first place. It's Mm. tailored for icons. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, it's giving... Maybe I'm an icon. Maybe I'm on this platform. I don't know. But I'm so excited to be here. Mm. Man, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, I want to read Mbali's CV, or a summary of it actually. And it goes as follows. I am a fourth year LLB student. I am a multifaceted young woman and I have a passion for leadership and service. I am the former academic officer of the Law Student Council and the first female black chairperson at the Law Student Chapter. (laughs) Currently, I am a representative on the NWU Student Legal Aid, representing students in disciplinary matters. I am also the founder and host of a podcast called The Testimony Continues. This platform highlights the power of our testimony and our stories to help and make people realize the greatness within themselves so that they can believe in their own potential and complexities through open and honest conversations. And that's just the summary. I see that when I'm reading this, that it says that you were the first female black chairperson mm-hmm. and that is in 2022 yes wow yeah but just tell me how was that how was that it was one of the most fulfilling challenging but most interesting experience i've ever you know gone on <laughs> if i can put it like that but um so when i arrived at university i knew i wanted to get involved i didn't necessarily know how or where i'd start but i was like i just want to get involved and the first thing i could do was become class rep Because I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to build myself up and, you know, um, in terms of credibility and exposure and seeing how things work. So I became a class rep and then um, in 2020 and then in 2021, I applied for academic officer 
and even that in, in itself i was um the youngest i think not the youngest but one of the youngest academic officers to Whoa. become you know, part <laughs> of the structure because usually that's such a big role that they want someone who's probably third year and up and i was in second year mm. because they want someone with experience who can actually deal with student matters and then got that and then um in 2022 became chairperson the first black and female mm. um for me that's huge because i don't know we're here to be movers and shakers we mm. want to we want to be better like i always say i want to be excellent in everything i do so for me um having the ambition to to wanting to be the first female black chairperson and that wasn't even my ambition to be the first mm-hmm. black female yeah. i just wanted to be chairperson and because i wanted to see leadership flow from the top down mm-hmm. you know i believed with the right leadership um all the other sub portfolios oh yes right so i believe that all the sub portfolios could also be excellent and in making sure that those are excellent in what they do Jet student life is just going to be amazing. Mm. So when I joined that's what I wanted to achieve mm. and I wanted to make a difference in that way and show that you know black is excellent. Mm. Honestly, mm. these are some of the you know taboo things we don't really talk about but honestly that's what I wanted to showcase and I did my best. I did my best to do that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that is so inspirational because And crazy thing, I've actually watched you through all of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 big. Yeah. And it's it's actually been such a huge thing to see you grow. Mm-hmm. Especially and now <laughs> telling people our story be weird. <laughs> But now that I know you on a more personal level and not just um the the head of the or the chairperson of the academic chapter, mm-hmm. I see I see all that that I was seeing from the outside now that I'm seeing it from the inside I see that actually the person that you had to become yeah. to be who you are today had to go through all that mm-hmm. and grow in all of those portfolios just to be who you are today and I'm honored to to get to experience that you know mm-hmm. and speaking about that you said you had to build yourself up by starting somewhere yes. right now I want to know what it took strategically as a leader that you are what did it take to build yourself up from the bottom in order to be the leader that you are today mm, so sure. um if i'm being honest mm. for me the first thing was actually putting myself out there mm. so i mentioned that i wanted to be class rep because i thought that is my that's that's my door that's the opening right mm. so i wanted to be class rep right so i remember on the first day of school or university or whatever mm-hmm. they asked um in first year they asked who who would like to be class rep they asked in one of our major classes and you know fear fear will always try and talk you out mm-hmm. of it and i didn't put my hand up right and i remember calling my mom and being like like after class and being like yo ma i wanted this but i didn't i didn't put up my hand and now i think they're going to vote someone else and then they asked again in a major class like in a class that is bcom llb ba mm-hmm. law students right and i didn't even think about it i put my hand up that was the first step mm-hmm. putting my hand up without even thinking who oh, am i am i standing or what's happening so that was the first step in making sure that i start this journey whether i like it or not right mm-hmm. without the imposter syndrome trying to tell me that no but you just arrived what do you know about being classroom what do you know about speaking for other students so i did that 
um, at the time we had this amazing academic officer who was sort of our guardian as class representative, really walked the journey with us in terms of um, guiding us, you know. So for me, like I said, I've always ha had a passion for student leadership and service. I really, really love to serve. And especially my fellow student in an environment that can be intimidating, right? Mm. So I wanted to become credible. I wanted that when one person tells me they complained or whatever it is that they're struggling with, I wanted to make sure that, okay, I'm going to handle it as if it's the only complaint I deal with and I'm going to make sure that they get a resolution. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. The one that you get is the one that you're going to do excellently. Mm -hmm. right? So in doing that, I built, credi I built credibility. And um, I think my fellow students started to trust me. And I was honest also with my failures where I really tried guys and they're not budging. They don't want to. You know? <laughs> I had to be honest about that too. And also... Um, being honest in to myself as well to say just because they don't want to succumb to what you're asking doesn't take away from the excellence that you're pursuing you know Whoa. like I'm yeah. still trying to be excellent in what I'm doing and yes I'm off the results and mm. um, results are a product of excellence but you're not always going to get the, the answer you want but that doesn't mean you're less than to get me so so i had to build those little things in 2020 like okay um keep going keep fighting every student that you deal with is worthy of your full attention because to them the biggest that's the biggest thing they're dealing with the mm. fact that their lecturer isn't giving them the correct marks or whatever that's the biggest thing that's their future they're mm. trying to apply so having that mindset i think really was the starting point for me oh. yeah and I, I know I tell you this a lot, but that's actually one of the things that I've learned from you, that no doesn't mean full stop. <laughs> like, even though no can be a full sentence, but no doesn't mean this is the end, you know? Because I've seen you in many instances where you've always had someone say no, and you just persisted and persisted. And sometimes it really worries, not worries me, but it shocks me all the time when... I thought something was impossible and you come up to me like, hey, pay to this, <laughs> this just happened. And, yeah. You know, and I've seen it multiple times and it's something that I've, and I, t I tell you this all the time, it's something that I take with me to mm -hmm. say that this is who Bali is and seeing you operate again and seeing you do it. Now, the way I look at business, as the way I look at my ventures is, a no does not mean this is the end. I do not stop here anymore. Sure. You understand? Yeah. When someone says no, or when someone says, no, this is impossible. This is just how things are. All I can think about is, nah, Mali can't change. The, if Mali <laughs> could change what Mali changed, I then I can work towards this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can work towards changing the no. Yeah. You know? Whatever it takes. And I like that so much. But... Okay, to actually explain what I'm getting from what you're saying, you said mm -hmm. in order to build yourself up, you have to put yourself out there. Yes. Put yourself out there in spite of the fear, right? Yes, yes, in spite yes. of the fear. And you said something so beautiful. You said um, with the issue that this issue may be the biggest problem to someone else. So mm -hmm. whatever you do, do it excellently. Yes. Um, and just because you're getting a no doesn't mean you're not mm. operating to the level of excellence that you should be. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Just because you're getting a no does not mean you're not operating at the level of excellence you should be. Wow. <laughs> That's such a gem, though. Hey, we try. That's such a gem. Mm. 
I get it. I get it. But what are the challenges? What are the challenges that you have faced? Not just any challenge. I want the challenge that you believe almost broke you as a leader. <clears throat> um, yo, hectic. Uh, so the challenge I think that almost broke me was when there was a breakdown of communication between me and a colleague, and you know it felt like the best thing for the team was for that colleague to leave, and when they didn't leave the team. Me having to rise above that and be a leader with integrity, despite that, mm. and I'll say it almost broke me because I literally had to swallow my pride. I had to swallow what I thought was right and make sure the team is effective, despite all those misunderstandings. You know, mm. so I'm not gonna sit here and say it was so easy being. A leader in any capacity, be a chairperson, being academic officer, it definitely has its challenges. And um, I love people, but sometimes they can be the challenge too, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And but the beauty, I think, is then rising above that because I won't lie, I cried having to process that, mm-hmm. right? And like by myself though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by myself though. Yeah. You have to, though. You know, you have to get it out. But anyway, Uh, so I cried having to face that and process that. But I came out a better leader for it mm -hmm. because it made me selfless. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's about getting the job done and making sure it's done effectively. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow. I think we once talked about this when we were talking about indecisiveness, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you that... As a leader, the point is not to make everyone happy, but to get to the destination as effectively and as efficiently as possible. And sometimes the to not make everyone happy also involves the leader as well, you know, because some decisions that you do have to make, you will not be happy about them, but they are the necessary decisions to move forward. And that's important. That's important to separate yourself from the situation i always say this to my mentees if you want to deal with a situation or you have to make a big decision Mm -hmm. you have to see yourself outside of the decision as a third party so that you can effectively analyze this i think i got it from my friend and he she said that she was like you have to look at the issue that you're facing from the third party Mm -hmm. view to see it the way someone else would see it and someone else would deal with the situation you understand so i get that i get that i get that it was a it could like it's something that could break you and it's something that you had to deal with as well because because knowing how to deal with such dynamics Mm -hmm. is important to move forward you know but now i see that we've been talking a lot about school structures and how you've been dealing with that and how you've been leading that I want to understand how you've been leading yourself in your personal capacity and in your personal pursuits outside of like your workplace being the school. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, TTC, sure. right? the testimony continues. How have you been leading? Your, how, how have you been leading yourself through that as an individual and as a leader? Wow, I've actually never thought about TTC as something I'm leading myself to. 
um, I've just felt it as something I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Um, you, uh, on the podcast, I actually talk about it, imposter syndrome. I get a, like a like, huge imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm probably not supposed to be doing this. And you think like, yes, I accomplished things and you think it boosts your confidence. Yes, it does for sure. But there's always going to be that voice that's saying, no, no, you know. So how I navigate through that and leading myself, as you put it, um, I think I just believe in the inherent greatness within me. And yes, that sounds fluffy and up in the air, but honestly, like I'm convicted that there is something that I have to offer this world, you know. And like you say, like I think I read one of your tweets and it says, it calls something out of you. That greatness within you calls you to be more, right? So I'm always in the pursuit of more. And for me, that looks like a lot of self-development. I challenge myself to do new things a lot, to put myself out there, to not chill in my comfort zone a lot of the time. And, you know, I'll be honest with TTC, I haven't been the most consistent. That has been what I feel like one of my public failures. But the difference is that I'm, I get up and do it anyway again. It can be on the tenth time, but I stand up and do it again. So for me, that's I feel like that's developing my character. In that, girl, just get up and do it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and try to cringe falling forward, like yeah. literally. <laughs> so you know they say fail forward. I say cringe forward because a lot of the thing that stops us from doing anything is because of like that's so cringe. Can't believe I'm doing that. So overcoming that consistently is a, a personal and mental battle I have to go through. And in doing that, I feel like I'm taking the steps towards, um, you know, leading myself to become better. But I won't even put all of that on myself, mm-hmm. right? I honestly trust God, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of the time I say, okay, God, you said I must do this. If it fails, it's on you, hey. <laughs> you know, so I trust God. Um, the Holy Spirit leads me in a lot of the things I do. So that helps to manage the burden of trying to do something. Yes, I want to do it excellently, but it's not by my own might. And mm. and that's the thing. Like, that's the secret. Yeah. It's not by my own might. God leads me, and and that's how I get better, I mm. guess. Yeah. Okay. For those who don't know, and I'll, I'll put it out in our, in our description. For those who don't know, Mbali is also a podcaster. Um, her podcast is called The Testimony Continues. It's on Spotify and all other major podcasting platforms, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great it's a great platform. I have to say I'm a fan <laughs> and she knows this. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of TTC. I'm a huge fan of TTC. It's one of those podcasts that I listen to to get perspective, mm-hmm. you know, to get perspective outside of the business world. Yeah. Because that's what this is about. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. So my life is totally focused on business, 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 business. But there are times I feel like I need perspective outside of um, the business world. Mm. You know, and as you said, the secret is God, Mm. you know. And all the time when I listen to TTC, I know that this is something that I'm dealing with that I can relate to. Mm. But it's also something that brings me closer to God. You know, it's like I'm opening up my wounds to God and that's the only way I can get closer to God. Yeah. And I feel like TTC has been huge when it comes to um putting me in such spaces. Wow. You know? Sure. So 
I enjoy it so much. I enjoy it so much, and I, ho- I hope the icons that we have here can yes, go on the testimony continues. <laughs> can go on the testimony continues and grow themselves and see a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's important to see a different perspective as a leader. Mm-hmm. And now, for our next question, I want to know about your support groups, like your support structure. You know, because mm-hmm. for me, I'm big on mentorship. You know, because mm-hmm. As a mentor, I believe that I need someone to pour into me first. Sure. You know, someone to constantly pour into me first, so that and I, I this is one of the podcasts that I've the episodes that I released. There comes a time where oh, did I write about it on my status? You wrote about it. Yes, I wrote about it. Yeah, it's on the podcast. Yes, but there always comes a time where you're going to need someone to pour into you, mm-hmm. especially if you are in a leadership position where you constantly have to be pouring to someone else, you know? And I want to know that for you, what is that? Who is that? Or who are those people that you have who are constantly pouring into you so that you don't reach a deficit mm. and now you can't pour out anymore, you know? Mm. So who are those people for you? Um, you know, first and foremost, actually, for me, it's my mom. Mm. You know, my mom is honestly more than just my mom. She's my mentor. You know, any little challenge I have. And not to say my inconveniences or whatever, but honestly, leadership challenges, life challenges, the first person I dial is my mom. Mm. Right? Um, Because, I don't know, I'm really biased, but she's brilliant. (laughs) You know, she helps Mm. me put myself, pull myself towards myself, you know, and think clearly you know so she pours into me a lot in terms of the conversations that we have outside of me just calling her about a particular problem but just in the conversations we have um i learn a lot you know from life business jay you name it my mom is that go-to person for me and but not only that i've been so fortunate to have women in my life who are that who are amazing you know um i think of people like um, my former guardian um, she really helped me navigate the formal professional world because, again, the point of reference in terms of leadership that I'll always speak about is from structures because that's the most experience I have when it comes to leadership. So where I'm speaking to a faculty board, right? Obviously, um, I'm this little law student who has to speak to the dean and put forward <laughs> complaints, right? So um, she really helped me navigate that space Um Um, assured me that I have every right to be in that room and to speak up in that room and to ask the uncomfortable questions you know Um, I I relied on her validation a lot and in turn that made me very confident actually so as the term went on I really became confident in stating and saying what needed to be said but yeah those those are some of the people who have been sort of mentors to me and you know I also believe in online mentorship you know Mm. Um, I think I follow some of the most powerful women on social media and they have an influence in what I do and how I do it by watching their, sto- their stories and their journeys, right? Um, I follow podcasts like um, Sister in Law, which speaks to everything that has to do with legal education and women and navigating that space. And she has different types of people on that platform. Mm-hmm. So... Following that, there's a plethora of mentors out there. I don't think that we can ever say no one is pouring into us. It's just the content you choose to expose yourself to, Mm -hmm. you know, because not all of us can 
um, find, I found it difficult to find a formal mentor for the longest time. I joined an organization where I had a mentor. Um, I wasn't quite sure how to get the most out of that relationship. So, yeah, so I think for me, some of the things that have been the biggest enablers has been obviously my relationship with my mom and how she plays that role of a mentor to me. Um, my former guardian and then the content mostly I consume online. So, yeah. I think those are my mentors. Yeah. You did say, you did say. I like the part where you said it's also about what you expose yourself to, like the contents you expose yourself to. And it's important to have that filter, that filter when it comes to what you allow to be poured into, mm -hmm. you know? Having that filter to see that, okay, this is not something that I believe in or this is not something that I want or that is in alignment with what I want. Mm -hmm. So sure. as a result, I will not take it in, mm -hmm. you know? And... There's something that you said about speaking in rooms that you were placed in, mm -hmm. you know. Speaking about myself, I've always been very scared because of my age. I'm a very mm -hmm. young individual who has been placed in very big rooms, yeah. right? And I assume or I've seen that that's what you've also been exposed to, right? Yeah. How have you dealt with being able to navigate such a space mm -hmm. and being the best at it sure. at a young age mm. in those rooms i think the first thing is believing that just because you're young doesn't mean your voice is any less significant Ooh. um i've seen that you know they can be some of the oldest people in certain rooms who are supposed to be wise and stuff like that and you'll find her you kind of maybe have something better to say than that person mm. so again it goes back to putting yourself out there mm -hmm. right um practice speaking we were at this poetry slam and they basically said that put your voice out there and hear what it sounds like in the air. Give your voice to the air and hear what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So the more you practice asking questions, even if it's a quote-unquote stupid question, which people say there's no such thing as a stupid question, mm -hmm. ask it anyway, you know. It builds your confidence in terms of hearing your own voice when it's out there, right? Mm -hmm. So navigate that in believing, um, in believing in also what you have to offer, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a reason why you're in that room. You're not in that room as a coincidence or because they couldn't find anyone else. You know, I don't believe in coincidences. So the fact that you're in that room means you're capable. So rise up to that and show up. Ooh. You know? Rise up to that and show up. Yeah. 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 And we're not saying it's not hard. We're not saying it's not hard and something difficult to navigate. But it gets better with practice. Mm. And you just have to get over the first fearful moment of oh my goodness what am i possibly going to say to these people once you get over that mm. just go for it yeah and you're right you're right it gets better with time it gets mm. better with time and again i think we also talked about this <laughs> we've talked about a lot though mm. it's about what you have to give mm -hmm. you know i believe that everyone has something to give mm -hmm. you know everyone has a little basket that has um, something that is in the, that is unique to them yeah. and that they have to give to the world, you know? Yes. And that's how I dealt with it as well. When mm -hmm. I knew that if I'm in this room, there's something that I can give to this room, sure. you know? Coming with that mentality, coming with the mentality that who, like, if God has placed me in this room, mm -hmm. he has given me the duty to give out from my basket. Sure. You know? And 
regardless of my age, regardless to who, mm. I'm going to put out what I'm supposed to put out when it's the time to put out. Yeah. And whoever grasps it and whoever takes it home and whoever's life it changes, mm. that's on them, mm-hmm. you know? But what's important is can you and are you able to give out what's in your basket? Sure. And that is regardless of age, you know? That, that does not matter Literally. how old you are because in a room... Yes, some people may look, um, may look older or whatever, but competence has no bounds. Sure. Doesn't matter how old you are, mm. competence cannot be limited by age, cannot be defined by age as well. If you can do the work, if you have the value, if you can contribute, exactly. show up, as you said. Mm. You have to rise to the occasion and show up. Mm. And that's a very important part of it. Yeah. Putting yourself out there by showing up. Sure. And that also means overcoming the fear. Mm. But again, what I've also noticed, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, it's not about letting go of the fear, but as you said, it's about cringing forward. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> so it's working in spite of the fear. Yes. Because sometimes it's very difficult. It is difficult. It is. And it makes sense. But that's something that I think a lot of us have to start dealing with. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the fact that it's not about being great outside of the fear it's about being great in spite of the fear you know because with me and you know this because i tell you this all the time a lot of things that i do i'll tell you oh i'm afraid of doing this you know and you would say it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's let's let's continue let's move forward you know and in spite of the fear i consistently grow Mm. and something that people don't say is that Fear is, uh, and this is a very, this is a very difficult thing to say, but say it. fear can be part of the components that make up greatness. Sure. And something many people, and that's an idea that is very difficult to grasp mm. because people think that you have to have an idea outside or you have to have greatness outside of fear. Mm. But sometimes it can be the fear if used correctly. Mm-hmm. It can be the fear as a component to your greatness or the fear can be a component to your greatness yeah that's something that's so important that's something that i've realized lately mm. you know very recently with the things that i'm doing because i've been doing things that are that i think are bigger than me yes that are above me and the thing that i've seen is that the common denominator in everything that i'm doing it's the fear it's the fear <laughs> bit, you yeah. know so i think many people should stop looking at the fear as something to run away from but how can we take this and make it a component of our greatness then in that way you've taken out one of the you've cancelled out one of the issues Mm. so one of the steps that are inhibiting you from reaching greatness Mm. you've already crossed out and that is the fear Mm. and now you're using it as a component to your greatness Mm. that's actually that's deep (laughs) and I agree with you Mm. like in terms of using the fear almost as the fuel you know like we say a lot do it scared Mm. and we're like okay what does it look like to do it scared but honestly it means showing up even though you're scared right Mm. standing in that room shaking Mm. you know shaking (laughs) (laughs) but you know showing up regardless and um i've always believed or my mom has always said to me Mm. that fear is almost like it just shows that you take it seriously. Ooh. You know, mm. that, that you actually realize the gravity of what you're doing. Mm. 
you know so it kind of sensitizes you to what's going on mm. right so if you use that like you said correctly mm. that can just only enable you towards hopefully achieve, achieving something great you know mm. so don't let it stop you feel it and go through it move through it we have to move through it mm. you can't escape fear like you said it's it's part of it it's yeah. part of the process and i think the sooner we accept that fear is a part of the process and a part of greatness mm. yeah and also though i do say that with a pinch of salt right okay okay i'm not necessarily saying fear that is debilitating mm. fear that one that just makes you realize oh okay i'm in the deep end okay mm. i need to swim <laughs> that fear right not fear to say i'm unworthy or I can't do it or someone can do it better. Not mm. that one. No. Mm. Honestly, I think that's just evil, honestly. True, so true. don't buy into that one, but feel the one that makes you cold for five seconds and mm. move through it. Ooh. So yeah, I just thought it was really important to make that distinction. It is, it mm. is. Because my mother says the same thing. She says, I remember before mm-hmm. I had a, I had to speak at an event, I'd say, "Oh, Mama, I'm scared," mm-hmm. and she'd be, "That's she'd say, that's good. Mm-hmm. You should be scared, you know." <laughs> yeah. And uh, to add on what you said, that it's about understanding the gravity of what mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, because with greatness, with greatness, or to be great, to be an icon, yes. you have to understand the significance and the substance of what you're doing, mm-hmm. and in understanding that, you're gonna see that whoa. That's why I say these things are bigger than me because yes. I'm understanding the gravity of the duty that I have. Yes. And it's important to do that. It's important to do that, especially as a leader because I don't know how you've dealt with it, but making the decisions, I was telling someone not so long ago that making decisions that have to do with other people mm-hmm. or that are, I don't want to say in control of other people's lives, but decisions that affect people outside of yourself those decisions are difficult to make, mm. right? But what's your process? What's your process of making such decisions knowing that it doesn't only affect you, but it affects the team? How do you go about that? Well, I think for me, what benefits me is that I kind of am always thinking for the team. Ooh. Like, what's the thing that makes the most sense for everyone, right? Mm. And it's actually kind of contrary to what you say in terms of that you know to make you need to make a decision and you're not always going to make people happy about that decision i actually try my best to make everyone happy with the decisions that i make right okay and i'm going to be honest uh-huh. it hasn't always <laughs> got to be the best results mm-hmm. so then in in getting past that and being like okay but what does the team need i think Ooh. being a leader is th- is being able to identify either what the team needs or what Um, what the task requires right you need to be able to identify that and then forge the way forward Mm. you know set that out like okay guys this is what we're doing Mm. and not to say you're always going to have it figured out to say i know exactly how we're going to get there um it also comes with the vulnerability to being open to hear what your team has to say about something so you take you kind of it's a balancing act of Mm. all those things you know hearing what your team has to say but ultimately taking those executive decisions to be like okay guys but this is what we're doing though mm. and let's make it work and Oof. um getting them to buy into what you're saying mm. you know so so yeah i think that's that's my process when it comes to making difficult decisions by nature i'm usually indecisive mm. when it comes to my personal <laughs> life but um 
formally no guys need to make decisions and mm. and deal with the consequences my mom always says and <laughs> i always <laughs> refer to her because like right. i said she's my mentor she always says no make a decision good or bad make the decision you'll deal with the consequences after mm. oh you'll change your mind yeah change your mind change course you realize okay we made a bad decision how do we change course and make the correct one mm. or or make a better one you know don't mm. be scared to then make the wrong decision because mm. then you sit in indecision when you're not making a decision and you're delaying the process. Ooh. So, yeah, that, that's my process, I think. Ooh, so many jams. So <laughs> many jams in that. I want to unpack it. So, mm-hmm. let's start here. Let's start here. I see what you're saying. It's the ability to have the balancing yes. of what does the team need mm-hmm. and what has to be done. Yes. If I'm, if I'm hearing correctly, yes, right? Yes, yes. And I hear that, right? Because I've seen the importance of differentiating between what makes people happy mm-hmm. and what is needed by the team. Yeah. So sometimes, and you can hear what they have to say, as you have already said, but you still have to make the executive decision. Mm-hmm. And in order to make the right, whatever that means, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the right executive decision, you have to know what the team needs. Yes. And that also includes, again, another gem, vulnerability. Mm. And vulnerability is important as a leader. Mm. You know, someone was, I was telling someone, I think it's one of my mentees, that it's important to be able to be vulnerable to your people mm-hmm. in a, I don't want to say controlled manner, because that just destroys the entire, the you know, thing, but, I hear but in, a, in a mature manner, yes. you know, be vulnerable but maturely so mm-hmm. and it's such a wow. it's it's complex right yeah. it's complex because again your your team has to understand that you're human yes. you know and the vulnerability comes in saying it might be difficult to find out where we are going what does everyone else think mm-hmm. how can we all and vulnerability includes community yes you know yes, it in, yeah it includes the ability yeah. to say Let's discuss this as a team. Yeah, let's talk about it. Nah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. Let's unpack let's it. Unpack it yes. And that's where the gems, that's where the, the clarity comes from. Mm. You know, in constant communication with your team mm. and vulnerability, but maturely. Mm. You exactly. understand? Because sometimes you're too vulnerable, then you're not making decisions, yeah. <laughs> and then you are stuck. You're yeah. delaying the process. Yeah. And you don't want to be the delayer of the process as the leader, mm. you know? Oh, so many things to unpack. So many things to unpack. But as we finish off, here's my last question, right? Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people that listen or the people that have approached me who listen to Iconoclast, the podcast, Mm -hmm. are people in leadership positions, right? But also, as we have already discussed, that you can have like be in a leadership position and lead other people, but you can also lead yourself, right? Now, taking all of that into consideration, what would you say to the icons who are listening, who are also leading themselves and leading other people as they move forward henceforth? Sure. I think the first part is don't be afraid to confront yourself. As a leader, um, understand that you're not always going to get it right, but you keep trying regardless. Mm -hmm. So confront yourself and your complexities because you are a complex person 
and that informs how you show up as a leader and in turn how you support your people or your team right it comes from your own self-awareness so don't be afraid to keep digging into that keep mm-hmm. trying to find out more about yourself because it will make you effective in not just a leader but as a human you know mm-hmm. so that's what i have to say to the icons of iconoclast wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> so much so much at the end so much to unpack at the end um that's so beautiful that's so beautiful that's so great unpacking ourselves and understanding our complexities in order to help others and help ourselves yeah wow wow i'm i'm wow i'm so i'm out of words i'm out of words i'm so perplexed it's been such an honor it's been such an honor to have such a great leader in front of me to have such a great individual in front of me and you are the first guest on Iconic Love. Can I tell you this is a moment in time? Yeah. History in the yeah, making. definitely. History in the making. Wow. Such an honor. Ah. But I thank you. I thank you honestly for this opportunity for this platform. The information you share here is invaluable and I'm also such a fan and I know the people who subscribe to this podcast are even bigger fans probably <laughs> because you literally share such content and such quality with mm. us, you know. So keep doing what you're doing. Oh, I can't wait to hear other guests. <laughs> I think it's it's only going up from here. Mm. And yeah, thank you for having me. It's really been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. To the people, actually Mali is the reason that I'm having guests on the show and she inspired it and I thought why not make it very poetic to just have her as the first <laughs> guest. You understand? Yeah. But thank you Mali. Thank you for joining us on Iconoclast and as they say in my Igbo language as we close, Dalu. Thank you.